Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. <clears throat> nice and comfy over there, girl. Nice and comfy. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi. This is Brian. This is Shane. And you are listening to Fruit Snacks. Snacks. Just so nasally. Snacks, 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 snacks. I don't know why it's so fun to say it like that, though. It is fun to say it like <laughs> We that. probably start episodes saying, Fruit Snakes! Fruit Snakes! <laughs> Fruit Snakes. Um, so, yeah. Hey. Hello. Long time no see. <laughs> I know. We just saw each other. We thought about it. Long time no see, girl. How's everything? Girl. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to switch it up today. We ain't going to start with the fruit roll-up. Yeah. Um, Cause we kind of been hanging out a bit, so we're like, we kind of caught up, and yeah. I was like, should we like catch up on the fruit roll up, or should we just switch it up? And we were like, let's switch it up. Switch it up. So we're gonna bring back an old category called fruit fly, <laughs> and this category is because we've been we are flight attendants. Category is flight attendant realness. Flight attendant realness. So we just bring up stories that have been like. No, nah, not today, Satan. <laughs> so fruit fly, don't bother me. Here we go. Okay. So um, I was working a flight the other day. Um, where were we going? Portland to LAX. So PDX to LAX. Uh-huh. And um, one of the flight attendants joins our flight. So this is actually her story, but I just was like in shock. And it just brings up a better case that I bet you you could shed some, shed some light on. But um, she was, like, on the end of a four-day trip. It was one leg home. It was, like, super late that night, and she had a sit. And a sit for us means that you're just waiting for your next flight in the airport. Okay, so she was um, our rotating flight attendant, and she was joining my crew to do one leg back from Portland to L.A. And we were just talking. I've worked with this girl before, and I was like, how's everything? How have you been? Blah, blah. She's like, oh, my God, I am so exhausted. I feel so shocked and, like, shook up right now because it's all – honestly have been like the worst flight for like the the worst for it ever and i was like wait why so then the whole crew's up at the first the front galley and we're like listening to her story she's like i literally just had to pull a pit bull off of a child <gasps> i know and we we're like wait what happened so this is the story she was like i was just sitting there minding my own business like trying to like honestly sit in a gate that wasn't you so that you know Airports are so busy, you try to, like, stay yeah. away from people before you have Find to be forced. Exactly. Forced to be with people. So she was um, just doing her own thing at a gate that wasn't being occupied. And all of a sudden, um, she's looking, and this lady has a pit bull emotional support animal, right? So, quote, unquote, this dog was supposed to be trained to be emotional support. Mind you, when it's a service dog, it doesn't necessarily mean it's trained. It's just like people need to travel with their pet because they get anxiety or whatever. When ultimately, and this is why I said you could shed some light on it, those dogs are just pets that they don't want to put underneath or pay extra to take with them so they get a doctor to sign off saying that you need emotional support. I have friends who do it. I hate when people do it because you you know when a dog is emotional support validly totally or a service animal validly uh-huh. or if they're just trying to yeah, work the system anybody not fooling a damn no. person so this bitch got the veil uncovered real quick okay oh, no. like she 
this stupid bitch. Anyways, so I guess this little girl came up. She was like, I think the flight attendant said she was like five year old little girl, and she's like, oh, a dog. And so the girl's like, yeah, you could pet her, the pit bull. She's nice. Mm-hmm. We'll say is this she. I don't even know if it was a girl yeah. pit bull. So the girl's like. You know, little kids, you have to monitor them because mm-hmm. they get in the dog's face. They have no boundaries. Yeah, They're like, oh, man. puppy, like whatever. Yeah. So long story short, all of a sudden the flight attendant is telling me a story. She's like, I hear a blood hurling scream. Oh, no. Like, oh, my God, help, help. And this is in Portland Airport. She looks over. This dog bit the little girl's face. Oh, my God. And started mauling on her face, shaking its head left and right. Now, this is going to get really graphic, so I'm so sorry. But when this flight attendant ran over to help, the dog finally let go. And the owner was like, she just got too close. It's not the dog's fault. Like, she's got too close. Mind you, yes, they should have monitored this dog. An emotional support service animal would never. Would never. 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 Right? Like, clearly you've been in public spaces with your dog before. So they know what not to do and what to do. This little girl's face, the dog bit through her lip. Oh, my God. And then part of her bottom eyelid was hanging off of her eye. Oh, hanging oh my off. God. Yes. And instead of saying, like, oh, my God, sorry, this lady was just like, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't have pet yeah. my dog. And I'm like, girl, you must have known that this has happened. And if you didn't know, then clearly you've never traveled with your animal. Uh-huh. This is why I say the veil got uncovered because I was asking the flight. I was like, you're lying. She's like, yeah. So it was like a bloodbath. And she's like, I was the only personnel in the area that had anything to do with the airport. So I uh-huh. ran over and helped. She's like, I was the one who called 911. It was a big ordeal. This little girl was like bleeding everywhere. Uh-huh. I was like, oh my God. Sidebar, side note. There's now all these... Um, signs in Portland Airport saying like do not pet emotional support animals yeah after this incident because it was so like gruesome so when I go to Portland I always think about this story because I honestly think it was in response to this incident so mind you um, this lady is doing this and I was like wait what happened she's like the flight attendant's like wait it gets better oh no she was like so they rebooked this girl I was like what happened to the dog and they were like I don't know they might put the dog down because yeah. of this whole incident. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so what happened? Did she still fly with the dog? And they're like, no, she rebooked her. And they were like, hey, if you fly, you can. we can rebook you on your the next flight out to, to wherever you're going. But just know that you can't bring your dog. And this is where I say that um, this bitch got unveiled. Because she's like, oh, it's no big deal. I always travel without it. <gasps> exactly. So she was working the system and just fucking called herself out. Because if you're if the purpose of emotional support is to help with flying anxiety or like whatever else. So if you're telling us that you've flown before without it, that is meaning that you don't need it as support to get you on your motherfucking flight. So you are just working the motherfucking system like a stupid, stupid little bitch. Oh, my God. I was just like, you're joking. You're joking. And she's like, so I had to deal with. A fucking idiot. Also, the fact that she was so detached from what had just happened that she was, like, already talking about being rebooked. Like, I would be at the hospital with that little girl. Absolutely. Like, without question. Absolutely. Oh, my God. That's a very valid point. I mean, this is obviously through telephone where it's, like, a flight attendant, you know, telling me and blah, blah. And I don't know because this bitch is dumb that she... Not the flight attendant, but the one with the pit bull. Like, she's dumb. So maybe the flight attendant was, like, upset with how she handled it. So she's making her seem like a devil. Maybe she was, like, offering these things to go to the hospital or whatever. So I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. But still. What? Uh, what, Shane? 
So yeah, that's a little bit of fruit fly for you. Um, um, let's just move right on then. Fresh produce. Yeah, you keep calling it fresh produce, but I think it's called fresh fruit. <laughs> okay, so we've had so many working titles for every no. aspect of this we've entire had a lot podcast. Of titles and that... fresh produce is something that you kept saying when we were throwing ideas out, and then you swapped it to fresh fruit. And so I, my mind is still on the fresh to me, produce. Fresh fruit with. <laughs> Sounds better than... Yeah, I agree. Fap. But you kept saying that... Fresh produce <laughs> needs to be fresh fruit. Are you ASMRing? Hi, welcome to fresh fruit. <laughs> but you need, like... If you're going to ASMR it, you need a little bit of, like... See? You need that, like... Yeah. And, like, move around the mic like this. I don't even know if that does anything. <laughs> it's probably still, like, in one fucking, like, space. Just da, da, yeah, da, it doesn't da, make a yeah. difference. Um, today we are talking about all things faggotry. Mm, love faggotry. Love it. Um, <laughs> no, we are talking about gay culture and our experiences in it. Okay. Um, so all of this is just firsthand. I don't know um, where this is going, but we'll see where we end up. That's yeah. part of life. Just we like to just pick a topic and like run with it. Um, and typically it's based off of like really great conversations that we've had before. I feel like we talk about gay culture all the time. Like not on the podcast always, but like in general, we talk right. about a lot of gay culture. Because I think, I think for us, it's like a good observation being calm degrees that mm-hmm. like you know your identity is kind of part of that whole umbrella of calm and how you see yourself and how you move yes. through the world through your non-verbals and your actual verbals it's really good for us not good but it's like common for us to talk about it because i feel like that's all we mm-hmm. look at in our major yeah. for sure yeah so do you want to start us off and we'll see where we end up great um so my experience in gay culture is experience as a white man in gay culture Mm -hmm. you know which is great that you bring that up because i feel like that alone that signifier creates a whole different experience Mm -hmm. for sure yeah and it's a it's from a perspective of somebody who definitely still holds privilege in an unprivileged community which is so I'll let you finish that because I have so much to say about all of that well there's just different levels and I because of the times that we live in right now, I have to be hyper aware of the fact that I'm still benefiting from one community, even if I'm not benefiting from another. Right. Like even you're though I'm involved in both. Exactly. Like you, you know? get oppressed for being gay, yet you benefit from being white. a white male. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I'm like so glad that you acknowledge that because I think it's yeah. really important as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I also recognize that a lot of my friends I feel like are on a different level Mm -hmm. or come from a different perspective in that they're like, they're like on multi platforms of minority groups. Totally. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about our friend group is that, and I mean this not just by being like, yeah, I have that, my black friend, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, but like literally our friend, 
our friend pool is so 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 diverse uh-huh. and we don't mean that of like oh we just want to be kitschy and like right you're this you fill this boxes but like we have deep fulfilling relationships mm-hmm. when from people from so many different backgrounds uh-huh. and i think that just is from working at disney especially like yeah and when you think of a cast they want like two blacks <laughs> two blondes right. two whites two redheads so yeah. it's like you get a good plethora of people from different varying backgrounds as well as varying yeah. places of um, religious background and living and stuff like that. So we have a lot of good viewpoints and we've had yeah. these conversations with friends of ours and this is why we're bringing it up because we always felt like this would be a very good topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, I just wanted to intro anything that I say from that standpoint. Sure. And clearly mine is from a straight heterosexual standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But I'm black and Korean and I move from that identity yeah yeah but you're also like very you've been very indulged in white culture i feel yes that's a very good point to bring up um like i that's what's actually a struggle of mine being in the gay community because i feel like i fall on the borderline of where do you come from you know Mm -hmm. i think naturally as humans for us to understand the world the quickest like we want the the goal for us as we grow up is to think as efficiently as possible right mm-hmm. just like with language you teach kids how to speak so that you can figure out the world quicker so right. the more kids understand the easier it is to have them comprehend yeah and so for adults we we take that pattern and push it towards everything that we do which is why generalizations happen and stereotypes because you just want to understand as much by singling it into one whole um product right mm-hmm. and so for me i feel like i don't fit in those boxes because when you look at me a lot of times people can't figure out what i am yeah you know i feel like this is and this is not how i identify but i'll say this is how people have given me an identity right this is how they've seen me before they get to know me like if they see me they're like oh i didn't know you were gay until you started speaking mm. you know because yeah. one i don't here's the thing i think i carry myself gay whatever the fuck that means i just carry myself as myself but i feel like the characteristics that i feel like i am i'm gay but people would tell me when they look at me i don't carry myself as gay because i don't think so the clothes i wear the things i'm interested in like i like to skateboard i like to snowboard um I'm pretty active. Not mm-hmm. to say gay people don't. We're going off of stereotypes. Stereotypes, totally. Right. These are very general things, and this is why I'm giving a disclaimer, is that that's what people think as, like, masculine energy. So I'm into those things. I'm into athleticism. I'm into, right. like, you know, getting down and dirty if I need to. Um, so people are like, I didn't know you were gay until you started speaking. And then clearly in my voice and linguistic choices, you can hear that I sound pretty gay. Mm-hmm. I open my mouth, a purse falls out, right? <laughs> so that's why I, like, kind of land on that border. Yeah as one thing and then two um i am people can't ever find like figure out my ethnicity so they don't know how to interact with me right right they're like i don't know if i should act with you as a black person or an asian Mm -hmm. and mind you they don't even know if i'm black or asian right a lot of times people think i'm hispanic i've gotten hawaiian a ton i've gotten Uh, filipino and it's funny because when i was younger everyone always like you're black and what they would never understand what the other mix uh was but then now that i'm adult they're like what are you like they don't when i'm like oh i'm black and korean i'm always thinking they're gonna be like you're korean a lot of times they're like you're black and i'm like wait isn't that the obvious thing i'm a unicorn like i've never seen a korean this dark so i'm shocked that you're thinking i'm like not mixed with something else like 
do you see do the world? Do you take offense to when people ask you what you are? Not at all. Okay. No. Because I, I mean, we, I've mentioned this before. We're super curious, curious beings, mm-hmm. like innately. Especially when um, you don't know, you want to know, right? Where you're yeah. Like, Let me figure and this I out. And I don't think that it's always to put people in a box. No. I think it's so we know how to approach a situation, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, and I, I feel like right now people get really offended by others wanting to know what they are and i don't know that that's a bad thing i know thing. and that's why people is i think it's kind of weird because people are like i don't want to offend you but what are you yeah and i never took offense to that ever because i understand they're asking to get to know me it's not mm-hmm. to be like yeah what the fuck you know right otherwise i feel like we're just tiptoeing around the obvious right like we're just gonna build relationships with people that we have no understanding sure. of or like you said like background information right you know um, and and maybe people who do get offended by that get offended because they probably get asked that a lot so they're mm-hmm. always like thinking is that all i am right is like ambiguous right. but again for me i just see it as like they want to know for whatever reason it doesn't bother me now yeah okay it doesn't bother me now uh, i the hard part about that question is like it doesn't apply to everybody right <laughs> so but going back like with that whole identity i say i ride the line because i'm black but I didn't get raised in black culture. Yeah. Um, like the stereotypes of black culture. Not that I didn't get raised in black culture because clearly my dad's full black. Yes. So like I did get the black experience, but the way I carry myself, I've always heard. And again, this is characteristics people have labeled me as. I don't see myself this way, mm-hmm. but this is what people have told me, right? Where they're like, you're black, but you act like a white person. Mm-hmm. I don't think I act like a white person. But people always say that I do, and the reason they say that is because I'm into skateboarding, or, like, the way I speak isn't from, like, linguistically a black background, um, which is all stereotypes, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm not saying all black people sound like, you know, they're from a certain area of the United States, and then on top of that, like, my Korean identity, I am probably less Korean than I am black, Um, because I want, I don't think, I I feel like I don't. My my brother looks more Korean than me. Yes, but I don't feel like my features are very Korean. And then I don't really I don't speak Korean. I don't you know I like Korean food, but I don't like hold myself as a Korean person. But right. that's not because I'm ashamed of it. It's just that it's never been the forefront because my right. mom raising us. Yeah, she just at that time uh, generationally when Asians came over at her time bringing people over, they didn't want to be outcasts, especially because right. we were growing up in Montana mm-hmm. where. We were the only Koreans, we were the only black, and we were the only black and Koreans. And then little did they know I was the only gay, probably, you know? Uh-huh. So all of that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I don't really fit into the gay culture or like fit into a thing because people are like, oh, I like black guys, but I'm not black enough. Or I like Asians, but I'm not Asian enough. Or I like masculine, but I'm too gay. Or I'm like not feminine enough. You know, it's right. like I ride the line so hard everywhere everywhere yeah and it's funny because people always forget that i'm like one way or another and it like i fall into these tropes of like people are like Ugh, black people are so and i'm like bitch i'm black you know or they're like oh my god asians always do this i'm like i'm asian and i don't do that yeah but they forget because i don't look like the stereotype uh-huh. of what they're trying to generalize and right. it's like you look like an idiot so i have to call that out but they don't mean to do that yeah. but it's easy to fall into those patterns mm-hmm. for sure yeah I, um, I've heard a lot from uh, like 
friends of mine who are non not white um like uh, it must be so easy to like just be white and pretty and i'm like there are moments in life where i know i benefit from like being clean cut and being white and being Mm -hmm. male but then there's other times where in the gay community specifically i'm not what my what those people would um consider to be the prettiest where you walk into west hollywood and guys there look like they spend their days at the gym like literally they prepare just to they they prepare their whole day just to be praised for the way they look yes going out yeah yeah and i love to go to the gym and like stay active for health reasons yeah but i don't like to um obsess over it you know like that's not a driving characteristic in your life yeah where it's like i have to be a gym rat and eat protein right so i'm i'm confident in the way that i look overall right everybody feels like they could improve in different Mm -hmm. places Mm -hmm. you know but um it's weird because that's really the only line that like i'll walk is like feeling like I'm put into a box sometimes, mm-hmm. um, which is another topic of discussion, like being told, this was actually recommended by a friend, but being told what you are mm-hmm. before you can identify as totally. it, you know, and, and I don't, I mean, that's like not a bad place to be in life where you feel like, you feel like you have what you need and want in life. Yeah. Um, but to be told that you're getting it for a specific reason yeah. almost takes away from the value of it. Right. Where you start to feel like, oh, well, should I not have this? Like, sure. do I not deserve, sure. you know what I mean? Sure. Um, especially now where like white men are called out mm-hmm. often. I almost think that it's easy to start to take on a guilt with it. Sure. You know, and I think it's important to be aware of it. Sure. But um, Chelsea Handler actually talks a lot about how she understands her privilege as a white woman. I just saw she needs to utilize it to her benefit. Are you talking about that Ellen interview? Yes. Yes. yes, Amazing. That's how I feel like the, from my viewpoint as a black person, how white people should view their privilege. Mm -hmm. Not perfectly, but I've been given privilege, um, privilege that I didn't ask for. Yeah. You know, I've been given these platforms. I've been given like millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I've been given so many opportunities. Doors have opened just for being white or her. Yeah. Um, and funny and she's like and now i need to speak on behalf of the people who were not, not given these yep, same opportunities yep, 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 simply yep. because they're not white right um and so that's kind of the new perspective that i right. think most people need right. to start seeing because here's the thing with that it's like chelsea saying that is not taking any anything away from her success no i almost feel like when people like um and forgive me for grouping it but i'm just grouping it in the sense of like labeling it for the sense of this conversation is like i feel like white people who have a problem with that is because they think that we they're not deserving we're saying you're not deserving Mm -hmm. of your success or you didn't work hard for your success we're not saying that we're not saying that that should have been our success but we're just saying that we could have had the same success had we had your aesthetic Mm -hmm. right or had we had things that you cannot change because here's the thing when I go to WeHo with my ex-boyfriends, when we would go out, I could see heads turning for them mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But because I don't look white, literally it's like you're not as cute. And you could see it even on Instagram when you look at people uh-huh. who are 
why with good bodies they get instant followers and yeah. like Follows you're us. so hot you're so hot you're so mm-hmm. hot but a black guy with the bomb ass body still get praised but not clearly as much right and that goes deep like i i think of it in like one girl or uh queer eye yes like antony gets so much praise for being so cute mm-hmm. but karamo is just as handsome as a black yeah. man yeah, it's like, mm, I don't like black men. I'm sorry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When it has nothing to do with that. And I get it. Like, that's a whole other thing. Preference and race are not synonymous. <laughs> Say that one more time. Preference, like sexual preference, like uh-huh. how, what you prefer someone to look like, and race are not synonymous. Right. You one cannot... more time for the people in the back. No, I'm yeah, kidding. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> sexual preference and race are not synonymous, meaning... They are not the same thing. You can't say, oh, I'm just not into black guys. You have not seen every black man in the world to say you're not into black guys. Mm -hmm. That's so fucked up. I also don't understand what it is about a physical difference where, like, a white guy might have brown eyes or he might have blue eyes, Uh right? But you're not going to be like, ooh, sorry, I don't do brown-eyed people. Totally. But, like, you're basically saying, I don't do brown-skinned people. That's what you're saying. Like, I I don't... I don't understand that justification. I don't either. I don't either. I definitely think that there are... Um, well, I don't think. There are societal issues with the way that we portray... Like, say, Asian men, for instance. Uh-huh. They're never seen as, like, the sexy guys who come into a scene the and, strong, like, save the world yeah. and, like, are really masculine right. and identified as, like, a sex object, if you will. Right. Um, but I find, like... I I I find that if a person comes across as a strong individual in their personality, it's deeper than the skin. For it's sure. so much deeper than the skin, and that doesn't have anything to do with the race that they are. No, you know, um, you can find a strong male or a strong person rather in any skin color. Absolutely, and I feel like I've even met people, regardless of race, who I think aren't physically like super attractive to me yeah but they become so attractive a the more that i get to know them and b the more that i realize they're confident in who they are Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh fuck well i'm kind of confident in Mm -hmm. who you are too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i believe in your product that you're giving yeah i'm buying this today yeah but yeah i just don't understand how people shut off the opportunity to get to know somebody totally instantly instantly just because they think that they won't take to their race mm-hmm. here's the thing with all of that too it's like now that crazy rich asians were so was so successful <laughs> it's like the buzzword and now people are like oh asians are so hot uh-huh. and like k-pop is like the new craze not the new craze it's always been a craze but new yeah. to the white society right. they're like wow asian men but like here's the thing they always existed always always uh-huh. but you've just been and I fall trope to this, so it's not like I'm preaching, like, I've been the best. I've always been. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I like this. But then I see something else. I'm like, oh, wait, I like that, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to be preachy here. Yeah. But, like, we're just, like, saying there's more out there than what you're being shown. Mm-hmm. So just, like, find out for yourself. Yeah. And watch Crazy Rich Asians if you haven't. There's some hot-ass Asians in that. <laughs> but they're yes. not the only ones that are out there. Right. If you want to see some hot-ass black men... Go watch Insecure on HBO or Dear White People on Netflix. Netflix. Because when I was watching both those shows, I was like, "Mm, yes, (laughs) yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 
And I think one of the other issues is when Hollywood finds their like sexy Asian or black man it's or whatever. Sexy ethnic trope. Yeah. Uh-huh. They just they, keep using that. <laughs> they just keep using that one and people one. like become accustomed to just seeing just that. that. Yeah. So it's like, I like Asians if they look like that. Right. Yeah. And that's so not <laughs> healthy for right. anybody's psyche. At all. Yeah. Um, but it's hard when we're inundated with so much messaging right. and right. marketing and advertising right. daily. Right. Here's um, the thing that I feel like is an issue is like, and this, cause people are like, when I tell people about Grindr uh-huh. and for people who don't know grinding, Grindr is a dating app and it's not like Tinder or um, like, like Hinge or anything or, or anything. Bumble where you're like really trying to get to know someone. Mind you, good relationships can come from Grindr, but yeah. the, the stigma of Grindr is I want to get fucked right now. It's like Uber Eats for dick. Instantaneous sex. Instant sex. Yeah. Like I'm lonely, come over and you uh-huh. literally you get like dick pics before a high or even a yes. like how's it going? Come on, cup of noodles. Just instant. instant. You add the hot water, bam, you got Whoa. an orgasm. So um, on there, a lot of profiles will be like, no gays, or no gays. <laughs> they're all gay. <laughs> but they're like, no Asians, no blacks, no femmes, no fats. Uh-huh. Where it's like, which means I don't like Asian men. I which don't means like black men. I want a white, muscular. White, exactly. <laughs> Straight acting. Masculine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want blacks. I don't want Asians. I don't like feminine guys. And I don't like fat people. Out of shape people. Yeah. When it's like, one, I'm glad that you're acknowledging that you're an asshole. So we don't have to waste our time. <laughs> right. But two, what? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. And people are like, no way. Could you imagine that being on a straight site, right? Where white guys like, sorry, don't like black girls. Oh don't God, bother no. matching with me. Sorry, don't like Mexican girls. Don't bother. Like, like it's be, weird every- that we get that pass. Exactly. Like white white girls would be like, I wouldn't even date you asshole, even if I thought you were cute. Like right. what? And people think, oh my god. But here's the thing. This is my explanation. Not that I've like done any research, but from what I've realized is that I think these white men that are gay, it's all a loss of power or the idea of a loss of power. And this is let me like follow me for a second. Okay. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> every every Her episode going off. <laughs> every episode is like a phone. Ding dong. Um, so this is what I mean. Like the perceived idea of loss of power is that as a white male, you are open to endless possibilities in America, right? That's Mm -hmm. the idea. But because you're white male and gay, now you don't have those, that power anymore Uh because now you're a subpar to straight white males, right? right? Like you're never going to be that white male. So to get their power back in the gay community, they perpetuate these stereotypes to be like, see, I'm the desired species Mm -hmm. in this where they're at the top of the food chain again. Uh So they feel like it is okay to reclaim their power. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming their power of like, yeah, I'm. I am at the top. I'm at the desired point. Like I am privileged. Uh-huh. Granted, they would never explain it this way, but from an outsider right. looking in, this is what I see: mm-hmm. is like they perceive themselves as less than, and because they're insecure about their own self, they're like, I need my power back, mm-hmm. so I can say no. And by you saying no to a whole group, that means that you're better than that group. Uh-huh. When it's like, no, you just look like a fucking asshole. A fucking asshole. But again, 
I would rather you call yourself out so I'm not sitting here trying to waste my waste time. time. Not that I ever am trying to waste my time. I'm sure that will come out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think it's a power struggle for people like that where they just – there's that idea of lost power because they feel like they're, they're insecure or not validated for who they are as individuals because mm-hmm. they feel like, I'm gay. I can never have what – these men could have so let me get that back by saying i'm better than these men and it seems so hypocritical considering you're already a marginalized group Uh and you understand that struggle of not being accepted why are you going to push all these other people away and to me my answer is you're insecure i think it's insecure but they're also secure and when i say that i mean they're secure in their way of life in that ignorance they're secure in their ignorance ignorance and they sit in a room with their white friends all reaffirming absolutely and they go to work with a bunch of white people who are all in higher power positions than people of color yep and they surround themselves never have to leave their comfort zone absolutely you know they're always in a position of power and, and they're secure in that right even in the grand even when in the grand scheme of things they may be insecure with where they personally are right you know um and you you here here are the 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 signifiers of these kinds of people that we're about to generalize <laughs> and this is again just as a joke i'm not even trying to be like yeah you're the the brain thinks quickly and you're you place boxes on people but usually these kinds of people who do this what that i'm like saying is their whole friend group is one ethnicity mm-hmm. and i'm not even saying it has to be white right right it's all one ethnicity and this is what they praise themselves on visual cues Mm -hmm. so they all have clean cut hair super nice bodies they're always partying Uh right always having pictures of them getting drunk or whatever and they'll always be with each other in a line with no shirt on and being like with the boys Uh brunching or whatever and all they show is like how cute and hot they are and this is why because they're not validated internally for being themselves. So they put on this facade of like, look at what me and my friends can generate. Uh-huh. Look how much attention we can have. And once that gets old and they, they, they don't look that good anymore. Watch, they have a psych psycho breakdown mm-hmm. literally because they put so much energy into the way they look and how they feel about what they are giving that they're not breaking down these barriers, opening these walls to really discuss. Let me get past all this shit. So speaking more on that, do you think that it's bad for people to sexualize themselves on social media? Not at all. Okay. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. No, I know. I, well, I mean, that's another big issue right, in right, the right, right. community is that we over-sexualize everything. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Velvet Rage, a mm. book by yeah. Alan Downs. Every gay read person. It, read it, read it, read it, read Every it. gay person should read The Velvet Rage by Alan Downs. It's called Being Gay in a Straight World. And realistically, what the essence of the book is saying is that we aren't validated as gay people for being ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we go into this closet, right? And then we become this facade of who we think we want to be just because we get validated for characteristics of us. Mm -hmm. So that's why, for an example, he says that the football quarterback is gay because he doesn't like being gay. So he's not validated for being himself. So instead of coming out and just being his authentic self, what he does is become very good at the thing he thinks he's worth. Right. right? So if people start praising him because he's good at football, he's going to work as hard as possible to become that full realized person thinking that's what's going to give him validation. But in the end, after 
winning every football title, every trophy, every acknowledgement, no every MVP. There's no fulfillment because yeah. you're not getting validated for who you are. You're getting validated for the facade that you put on. It's right? like people who want to be rich and famous without any meaning behind what behind, they're doing yeah. to be rich and famous. Yeah. And so in essence, that's what people are doing with sexuality and the way they look because they've never been validated for who they are as an individual. So mm-hmm. they're like, I feel insecure because I don't, I'm don't. i not really happy with who I am because right. we're continually told that what we are is wrong, how we feel about ourselves is wrong. Mm-hmm. So once you actually start being honest with yourself, you really have to uncover those emotional bandages yes. and really get to the wound because if you're bleeding, to throw on a another band-aid won't solve it right you need to stitch that shit up so Uh you have to get down and dirty clean out the wound really sew it up before you can actually start healing rather than just be like oh i'll just put another band-aid hopefully it Mm -hmm. stops bleeding and you just keep bleeding until you are dead inside right i know that sounds so morbid but that's why people who aren't really like this way you know it's an easy way out to say oh they're just insecure Mm -hmm. and that's not what i mean as like a you know you're jealous right because i feel like people put that hand in hand but insecure in the sense that they're not being validated for who they are so they start fulfilling these other pockets thinking that's going to give them happiness Mm -hmm. where they're like i don't i'm not comfortable with who i am as a person so i know that if i have a nice body people will like me then they get obsessed with going to the gym get obsessed Mm -hmm. with eating healthy get obsessed with looking good and then once they're hot and they're like oh i want to get i'm gonna fuck you like you're so hot they'll never be satisfied because once they have sex they'll realize I'm still left alone because right. there's nothing there to offer it's other than your body. Fix. Yeah. Quick fix. Once you have sex, that person doesn't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. So the only way to feel fulfilled again is to have sex again. Right. Because you're like, oh, they want me. It's I'm a so drug. Hot. It's completely a it's drug. Such a and drug. they keep getting validated. And then once their good looks run out, there's nothing they can do to mm-hmm. validate themselves. The issue it's with such that a cycle is that we do validate people like that. Like, and I'll even say as a flight attendant, there are moments where I catch myself being more polite to or giving somebody who is better looking than maybe the rest Mm -hmm. what they want or like i said being Mm -hmm. more polite to them simply because of that Mm -hmm. and it's not because i like want to get with them or anything Mm -hmm. like that it's there's this like when we watch movies Mm -hmm. it's always like the best of the best looking people which is why i think um, online streaming services that are coming out with their own content are yeah. so great and necessary because they are doing whatever the fuck they want. Anything. And we're being exposed to such new um, uh, formats of entertainment, but also images of people yes. and like stories and backgrounds pose. and cultures and yes. transparent yes. where and it's histories like, yes, 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 of yes, yes, people. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it's, I think that it's important to realize, I think I think it's okay to have moments where you're like, oh my God, I just did that. Mm -hmm. As long as you're recognizing those moments and and being like, why did I do that? Yes. And, and changing the, your reaction to situations. Just being cognizant of your thought process and not falling into those generalizations or those tropes for sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say that because I feel like I'm almost the opposite. Really? Like, obviously, I'll acknowledge, like, other flight attendants, and uh, my eye will be like, oh, look at 2060, he's hot. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, but I don't, who are, like, but so I'm hot. not giving him extra attention, because if someone was really nice to us, where they got us a gift on the plane, mm-hmm. or just been like, oh my god, thank you so much for the yeah. drink, where, like, they're not doing more than just acknowledging uh-huh. that we're helping them, I will give you the world. 
For sure. Literally. Or if you're like, uh, Coke, and I start pouring it with ice, you're like, ooh, I'm so sorry I didn't say this, but could I get it with no ice? I'm uh-huh. like, absolutely. Because I'm yeah. like, you are just polite. What I you mean is, like, I'll go out of my way to be like, how's your day been? More often oh, to somebody who see, I'm like. no, I don't even but do But I that also either. wonder if that's because, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that's something you need to look at because I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't do that. I like, do I'm also do you. that with people who are just sincerely kind. Yeah. That's where, that's but it's either like about. people who are going out of their way to give me positive energy mm-hmm. or people who I just think maybe are like better looking. Right. And when I say, oof, I don't do that. I don't mean to like be like, oh, I'm better than that. Not <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just like, enough. yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not something I partake in. Yeah. Because I think I understand what it feels like to be not seen. Because when I go out, I, maybe this is just an insecurity of mine that I'm working through. Um, at least I'm acknowledging it. But like when I go out, I don't feel cute at all. Yeah, I know. You've always said that. Like, I don't feel like I get the attention. Which I don't understand why. Like, it, again, this is me like coming from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I won't, pro- I won't ever fully understand anybody else's. But like, I feel like a, Never mind. What I'm about to say sounds so pretentious. <laughs> I was going to be like, across the board, I feel like I have a great looking group of friends. Sure. You know what I mean? And so it, I think it bothers me when one of my friends doesn't feel that way about themselves. Yeah. Because I think, I, I just like don't think that at all. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I do, but I think also that's a perspective of knowing who I am as a person. Probably. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause I think I have a lot to offer. Uh-huh. I do. And I'm not trying to like bump my own thing up. Like yeah. I know that I'm sometimes like too much or whatever, but I do know that I'm like, I under, I have, I feel like a good sense of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think I live my life very authentically and I don't yeah. go out for that meaningless validation. Like I don't seek to, I don't do, my motive isn't to be praised mm-hmm. in life. It really isn't. Like I do it for my own enjoyment. Like for instance, this podcast, like I'm not trying to do it to be famous. I'm right. not trying to do it to get followers. It's like therapeutic for me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. this is my gain. It's just recording conversations with a friend, uh-huh. you know, which we're already having. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't bother me in the sense of like feeling insecure in that way, but I see how other people are praised for just showing up. Uh, and that's where I'm like, I wish I had that power. For sure. Um, I think I do carry myself in, I say some sort of like, there's something about me that I do know exists. Cause I feel like a lot of people, when they meet me, they're like, I wanted to get to know you. I've heard that, you know what I mean? Just by like, my wit or whatever things yeah. that I've said, but I wish I had the staying power of like when I show up, people turn their heads, you know, mm. I don't know. But again, this is not something that I'm like, what do you think would change that being white? <laughs> yeah. Honestly in the gay culture. And when I say this, I just mean where I'm at or where I guess I frequent. Right. right. Like I'm sure it'd be different if I was like in a different state in a different city. Cause I feel like when I do travel to other cities, like New uh-huh. York, I feel like I get more attention in New York than I do in LA. So let me, okay. Actually, that's a very good point that I bring up. Let me reiterate what I'm saying in LA. Uh-huh. I feel like being white would be easier. Cause I feel like that is the desired trope. Which is funny because Bernard. Mm-hmm. So, one of my one of my other tribe members, my coven sisters, mm-hmm. um, who lives in New York with me, 
is black mm-hmm. grew up in la but mm-hmm. now he lives in new york and he just did a cruise contract in the mediterranean yeah and his entire I think contract you told me this. yeah i think so and his entire contract he just kept saying i'm so sad that i'm coming back to new york because guys there will never look at me the way that they look at me here in europe right and that's really hard to hear for me because I, it hurts me that he was sad to come home. Right. You know what I mean? Simply because of the way that he's seen right. in a different place. And that's, that's his thing. Like that's his validation where he mm-hmm. finally knows what it feels like to just be him and be praised uh-huh. for it. And like what Bernard is saying, I don't feel that love here in America. I really right. don't. I do from people like friends and stuff. Sure. But this is all very like, quick uh-huh. quick response right? right not like oh you get to know me because uh-huh. like the guys that i've dated they've never dated someone that right. is not white right like all the guys that i've dated they're like i've only dated white guys you're the first black person i've dated uh-huh. or asian or however they want to characterize me so i think eventually like when they get to know me they're like oh i can fuck with you uh-huh but i'm saying like quick quick things yeah i don't get that praise like bernard yeah experiences as well yeah yeah i mean i think even within my own grade right being black because I'm lighter skin, I think I get a different experience than mm-hmm. someone who is darker skin. So that in its own is another breakdown within a breakdown within right. a breakdown. Um, but again, like we all, there's all le- there's like so many levels to advantages and disadvantages in life. Where mm-hmm. I remember a college professor was explaining to us one time that you can always be better than somebody else mm-hmm. in the sense of take um, a woman Mm -hmm. and now take a lesbian woman Mm -hmm. and now take a transgendered lesbian woman Mm -hmm. and then turn her into a disabled transgendered lesbian woman and then a disabled transgendered lesbian woman of color like all of those are levels of disadvantages that our society puts on people totally and when we say those because we bring it up we're not saying that that's the characteristics we personally feel right, no. as disadvantages. No, 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 no. But as a societal standard, I see where you're coming from mm-hmm. with that. Absolutely. It's like, it's, it's like a game of who has it worse. And that's that's that brings me back to what I was saying about the white male and why they they feel the power to be like, I don't want blacks, Asians, femmes, or mm-hmm. fats. Because they are at disadvantage in their heart. They feel that. Uh-huh. And then they want to be like, I want my power back. So I'm going right. to say that you that are just in the same struggle as me don't deserve my time either. Because mm-hmm. I'm taking my power back. And yeah. it's like all from an insecurity of not being validated, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's like the other issue of the opposite side of that spectrum where people are fetishizing. Mm-hmm. Other uh, individuals, yeah. um, where like it more it becomes more of a sexual fantasy than right. like someone who you would love and like bring home to meet your family, mm-hmm. you know, where it would be like, oh well, I'll have I'll have sex with a black guy, but like I would never bring a black mm-hmm. guy home to meet my mm-hmm. parents, like and and it's almost like they put the responsibility on somebody else, like well, my parents just wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. or like my grandparents just like grew up in a different time and like they wouldn't get it if I tried to like all of a sudden be gay and into black guys. And it's right. like, if you're already defining their, their understanding of the world by being gay, like why not just take it that one Literally step further and bring home further. and bring home whoever you want to bring yeah. home and whoever you want to love. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and it's so funny to, 
to think that we we put that discrimination within our own community mm-hmm. when and I love pride. I've always loved pride. But we come together on this day or on multiple days mm-hmm. each year to celebrate pride and yeah. to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community. Yes, plus. Yes. Um Yet we have so much discrimination within our own community. And we're always like, we're, we have to be family and we have Mm -hmm. to be here for one another. And I will say that, um, there are moments, like I remember when Pulse happened, it was so beautiful to watch a community and it didn't matter what race people were like, everybody wanted, everybody felt that Mm -hmm. in, in our community. And when he says Pulse, if you don't know, it's when, um, Pulse is a nightclub in Orlando where a gunman went in and just killed a ton of people. 49. It's a gay club. Um, how it many? was the lar- 49 people. 49. It, was, it was, to that point, I believe, the largest massacre to happen on American Before soil. Route, Route, whatever. Right. Route 90. What was it? In Vegas, that shooting? Yeah, Vegas, I think, surpassed yeah. it. Um, but there are was, times yeah. where we can come together and like fight with our brothers and sisters, but then... Once those days are over, mm-hmm. it's it's like we're back to fighting against our brothers and sisters, you right. know? Like, here's the thing with all of this is I haven't been to Pride in years because of that reason. Mm. Like, I, 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 I almost feel like it's the same thing that black people are feeling in America with, like, Colin Kaepernick, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like... You stand for the national anthem, but your national anthem is different than my experience, right? right? Where I support what your dream is, and Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you get to experience the America that you love, but we don't get the same experience. And I'm not saying this in, like, a poor me stance Uh or, like, my life has been so hard as a gay person. Like, there obviously has been those challenges. And like you said, there's people who are probably less privileged than me, so I need to speak on that and be like, yes, my life is fine, and what I do Mm -hmm. have, I am grateful for, right? Right. But with pride, I have two problems with that because I almost feel like we're only praising that gay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from Well, because we've sexualized pride. Exactly. And on top of that, that's the other issue is that I just feel like people who need validation, which is great because I think pride is a great opportunity to validate who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Like it's everything that I want and more in a day. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like you're doing the facade validation than the actual uncover this deep ass shit validation. The way that you feel about the holidays. Exactly. Exactly. Like about Christmas where you're mm-hmm. like, why are you just choosing to be a good person during this holiday season? Be a good fucking bomb ass person. Right. Through 365. The human spirit. The human As opposed to the Christmas spirit or holiday spirit. spirit. And I think that sums it up for me. Mm-hmm. Is like, I want good human spirit. Mm-hmm. I don't want just good holidays good times i want you to be that through and through Mm -hmm. um that fighter that tenacity that passion of being that better person because when i go to pride i look around and i'm like i love that this is a joyous moment Mm -hmm. but what we're celebrating does not feel right to me and it's almost like we're i just want to be like we're better than this yeah it's it's so funny because whenever you see a video of rupaul being at any event being like you know, Let me everybody say, say love, love. Yeah. and everyone's like love and everybody it's in that so, one moment yes, wants to believe that they're like loving each other wholeheartedly and are there right. for each other. Yet we're clumped into a community that doesn't understand its own community members. Like Absolutely. I remember um, one of the prime examples of this is when Caitlyn Jenner first decided, decided to transition publicly uh-huh. and um, 
she was on the Ellen DeGeneres show and publicly said on the Ellen DeGeneres show that she didn't support gay marriage. And Ellen was like, well, I don't fully understand what you're doing in transitioning, but that doesn't mean that I would ever want you to not transition. Right. You know? Um, And I was like, oh my God, like I didn't know so much about the transgender community. And I feel like that's more of a... I watch The View all the time, so I'm going to say like a hot topic. Right. It wasn't as big of a hot topic when Caitlyn Jenner first publicly came out as transgendered as it is right now. I think it was the boom of the hot topic. Like that's that, what, it was kind of the start. Yeah. I feel. Um, I don't think. I don't want to give her exactly. I do not want to give her credit right, right, for right, that. Right, right, right. But. I I'm think it was publicly. all timing wise. It's in Kardashian fashion to be on trend with what right. is going on, and then trying to take over. Right, and be like, we created that, mm-hmm. bitch. Kylie, but back you then, you didn't create fucking cornrows. <laughs> you didn't create big lips. But then, but what I'm saying is, boobs or hips. In those days, I don't feel like people were posting like trans rights or human rights no. all over their Instagrams, no, no, no. and they weren't saying like, for sure, trans people are equal, trans people are sure. loved, tra- like it just wasn't as big um, in that sense. But I found it so interesting that I was like, Oh my God, Ellen is so right. And that's, that's so important to recognize that it's the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. Yet lesbians and gays alone are so different. Uh Then you have transgenders Uh who are like so different than both of those, Uh but can still identify Uh as both lesbian or gay. Uh Um, you have queer, which uh-huh. is more of like an umbrella term. Uh-huh. Um, and even up until recently, I found the word queer to be like, I, I kind of distanced myself from it. I didn't understand uh-huh. it. Um, and I just think that it leaves more room for fluidity uh-huh. in labeling yourself. And I almost like that, Yeah, you know? Um, and then there's a plus and I don't feel like most people in our own community know what the plus is. It's uh-huh. like, why can't you just be one of the things that we're already giving you, you know? Um, but that's coming from a, pre- a place, I feel, Where oftentimes you, of, you don't need to understand what it is. Totally. And so because you don't put you, in the energy to do it. You have your label, so mm-hmm. you're like, I'm good. You're Why good. do you need the extra uh-huh. plus? But it's like, when you didn't know gay and all the label was straight, yes. you were like, I need my label. Yeah. yeah so and when I, you don't feel like you fit, you need your label. Yeah. And I thought before, like, I feel like at the time when I came out, mm-hmm. I only really knew about gay and lesbians. Yeah. Like I didn't really know what anything else was yeah. and I wasn't really exposed to it. And I wonder if I grew up now and I came out now. How would you feel? If I would have just simply identified as gay. I definitely know that I love men. I know I that sexually I love being with men. Yeah. Would I have instead been calling myself queer this whole time? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. would I have been open to other experiences? Mm-hmm. I Like... I, I I'm very confident because I'm like you know those terms now and you're not choosing that signifying for sure it. but it, that's also co- from like a place of comfort like sure. I just am gay like sure. <laughs> leave it alone bitch you're like I'm a faggot right <laughs> that's comfort I'm, like I'm where's the LGBTQF plus I've been being called faggot since a child so I'm like that's my comfort zone. right <laughs> but I love that we're giving like youth so many choices choices yeah or they're rather making choices for themselves that, yeah. or opportunities for right. themselves. Yeah. But it's like the, 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 yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it, it all comes to this lack of validation and power because even trans, right. That breaks down in its own thing too. Where like a lot of people in granted, I could be over speaking because this is not my story, but from what I feel like I've gathered, um, 
a lot of people in trans seem to go down that drag route mm. where they they probably feel uncomfortable saying I want to be a girl. So uh-huh. they express their pseudo self through drag mm-hmm. to dress up like a girl. Then they realize I don't want to take this costume off. Right. I want to be this costume. Mm-hmm. And then it's no longer a costume. And it's like, no, this is me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I feel like people in drag want to separate themselves from trans because they want to get their power back of like, I don't fuck with that. That's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't like the label or the stigma that they get put on as trans people because I'm just a male in a dress. Mm-hmm. I'm not trans. Yeah. But I'm like, you know the struggle. Right. Right? Like people look down upon you and just because you make that distinction doesn't give you any more validation. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yeah, you're cool. You know? Well, and I think that that comes from a lack of historical knowledge where totally. so much of drag history is trans history. Totally. You and, know, but people don't know that because they see RuPaul's Drag Race right. and they're like, oh my God, it's men dressing up as women. Yeah. It's so comical. Yeah. We love it. There's a yeah. little bit of a story, like enough to make but me feel like it's exactly. emotionally invest- exactly. investing. Um, but it's so surface. But level it's like normalizing me. it. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. how important all of this is. Mm-hmm. And like, as we speak of this, it's not like we have the answers, right? Uh-huh. We're just like a free flow topic right now. And this is our yeah. experience, but at least we're trying to understand. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is the best policy going forward yeah. is that no matter what you think is right, you're wrong. And I say that comically, like not literally like you're wrong about everything, <laughs> but I've been in so many situations where situations, <laughs> so many situations where I'm like, no, this is the end all be all. And then I'm like, wait, Right. I didn't think of it that way. Oh, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. And we need that compassion, that empathy, and yep. that mindset of like, if it's right for us in this moment, acknowledge that, but know that it could be wrong for us tomorrow uh-huh. and have that wherewithal to be like, I'm open to change. Because once we start doing ideas as hard fact, that's when people stop listening. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I think that is the current climate. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you just want to believe what you know. Right. And I say no very loosely. Uh-huh. You just want to believe what you know. And you're shut off from everything else. When really what you know might not be the case. Yeah. Like, you might be wrong. And I think I realized that later in my adult life, like, more recent. Um, and I honestly think that when I have that mindset going forward, it's easier to talk to ignorant people because I'm just thinking like they know what they know because they know. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, they're on their journey. Hopefully they get a gift. There we go. A gift from the universe to show them how they can be better. Mm-hmm. And until that day comes, we will just deal with what we have. Right. Totally. And you don't get mad at people for that as frustrating as it might be because mm-hmm. From my own personal experience, my mother, right? She despises gay people. She kicked yeah. me out of the house for being gay. We still have a very distraught relationship. Yeah. But I can't get mad at her for that because she is only living through her experience based off of all the knowledge she gathered throughout her entire life. Mm-hmm. And up until this point, she knows gay is not okay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully in the future, something arises to where in her heart she feels the need to change. But I can't force that change if she's not willing to take it. So I came at peace with and I was like, I still love her the same. I still respect her the same. I think she's a smart, fucking fierce ass woman. But I also understand that it is no longer my journey. I Mm -hmm. hop off the plane. This is where my stop is. And I let her go to where she needs to go before. And if it's a journey around the, she has to go around the world two, three times. Let her. You're such a strong person to be able to think that way because I come from more of a, 
like an argumentative standpoint totally. where I'm like, no, fuck that. Because it, at some point it becomes like, like what we keep referring to, like a human experience. Right. Like this is the way that I'm seeing this. Like this is her son. Right. Who's like, at one point was like just begging for her like unconditional love, right. which it was a rough road for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I think that in your situation in particular, you mm-hmm. had to come to peace with it because until you come to peace with it, you can't really move past it. Totally. And you don't want to live your life hindered in, in that moment yeah. and that anger. Cause I knew if it wasn't going to fix, I needed to fix it. Right. Right. And I don't think I, I'm not equipped in my current life to speak to her in a way that she would understand where I'm coming from. Right. And I don't think in her current life, she's in a mindset to listen to what I mm-hmm. need to say. So the only way for me to survive in this moment was to rationalize right. it in my head and be like, you know what? I was her. Right. I can compassionately and empathetically see I was her. I've had strong feelings about something and didn't understand. And then I took the time to understand. And now I know. And now going forward, I remind myself every day, uh-huh. try to when I get upset with people it's like I don't know their story I don't know their journey uh-huh. but let me act as if they have there's a reason for it and that they're, they're right. not just trying to be assholes to be assholes you right. know um, and luckily that's another gift from the universe that I can have that viewpoint because it would suck if I was just a bitter Betty and right. like because I blame the world exactly for, yeah. and I am a product of my mother so I do know that with her bite, it has bled into my bloodline. Mm-hmm. Like I have that nasty sting where if I wanted to go there and really get in deep with you, I could hurt you like a motherfucker. But right. I choose not to because like I said, we are better than this. I am better than that. We can be better than that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like from my personal standpoint, when I don't act in those nasty ways, I feel like I get more from life. Mm-hmm. And and I'm fine with that. Right. You know, and so that's why, like, I'm like, I don't have the answers because I'm only trying to make sense of what I already know. But with that said, at least I'm trying, Mm -hmm. you know, at least I'm trying to be better. And I think that's all anybody can do is try to be better than what they were Mm -hmm. previously, you know. And that's why I'm like, I mean, like in previous episodes, I've said, like, I'm a learner of life Mm -hmm. because I know that there's so much more than what you know. And I think there's something so beautiful about, like, finding out the real truth for yourself. I'm not saying a truth in, like, two plus two is four, but the truth of, like, I love this because it is my story. Yeah, you can. If there's one thing that I've learned as an adult or one of the biggest life lessons that I've learned as an adult is. You can talk to somebody until you are blue in the face, mm-hmm. but until they are ready to accept. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes a lot from, um, this is another topic for future conversation, but I think a lot of this comes from like my dad's struggle with alcohol. Totally. Like he can listen to his ex-wife or then wife and four kids beg him to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. But if he's not ready to stop drinking, he's not, he's not going to stop drinking. And it's and it goes even further than that. Like we've all been in those situations where we've been your dad. Yeah. And we've oh, also 100%. been yourself, right? Yeah. Where like we've been the one where you're like you can't tell me anything. What I'm feeling is my mm-hmm. truth. And then also like think about a friend who's like being cheated on and she keeps yeah. going back to her yeah. ex being like he's going to change. It's like mm-hmm. bitch 
you deserve better than that. He right. ain't going to change. But until she realizes that he's yep. not going to change, will she walk away from the yeah. situation? And at a certain point, you you can talk to yourself and get frustrated, blah, blah, blah. But you're like, this is not my journey. Mm-hmm. She needs to learn what she needs to know. Yeah. You need to step. If you're getting emotionally invested, take the time to step away from mm-hmm. it. And then be like, here's the thing, girl. You're acting like a stupid ass bitch, which you can tell her. You're acting like a dumb fucking idiot. I think you'd be saying this shit to me if it was the other way around. But you can't see that. Uh-huh. And I respect you for that so when you're here or when you when you want to realize what you deserve in life i will be here for you to pick you up because that's the kind of friend i am Mm -hmm. but i can no longer go through this journey with you because for now i'm it's pulling on my heartstrings you know and i think that's fair on both ends yeah i mean everybody has to protect themselves because at the end of the day you are the only one who's truly going to do that on a day-to-day basis um but you I, I hit this point in my life, um, like within the past couple of years where I found that I was super closed off from people who were in times of need mm-hmm. because I kept telling myself like, they're going to have to figure it out for themselves, Yeah, you know, but that's also not a super healthy place to be no because way. you still need to show that you're, you're there yeah. and you're understanding and yeah. you're hearing yeah. the situation. Because I also think that those times are cries for help where like, Three, let's, let's pause there. 3,000%. Like, I think of my breakup. Yes. In my dark, dark, dark days yes. when we lived together. And, like, last episode we were talking about, like, how I became super passive-aggressive uh-huh. with our roommates. Uh-huh. And, like, we've talked before about how I pushed away, like, the people in my tribe, my right. closest best right, friends. Right, right. I, I put myself in this really isolated place of solidarity where mm-hmm. I just, like, was on my own and I did it to myself. But I know that subconsciously and sometimes consciously I was doing that in the hopes of like those people I was actively pushing away to be like, let me be here for you. Yeah. I wanted to hear that. Like you that know what self-sabotaging I mean? thing where yeah. you're like, no one's yeah. here for me, but then you're creating that no one's uh-huh. there for you. And I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, 3, everybody is. That's like that's such a human 3, reaction to it. Yeah. Um, but that's why I had to kind of check myself. And it, this is more of like a recent discovery where... I became so closed off because I just felt so helpless in the world in the yeah. sense of I felt like I couldn't change people's minds because they have to change their minds for yep. themselves. Yep, 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 yep. And and I couldn't I couldn't always be there for people because that's fucking exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I felt like then I wasn't taking care of myself, mm-hmm. you know, but like that you have balance. to find a balance in all Completely. of that where like you can still be there for other people while still taking care of yourself. Right. And you can still try to talk to people and reason with them, even if they're not listening, mm-hmm. just so that they know that you're aware of their situation. Yes. And so that when they're ready, yes. they can still feel comfortable in yes. coming to you and being like, I get it. Yes. I had my moment. And now I'm ready to like progress forward. Yes. And that, like seeing that moment is so rewarding uh-huh. to like to be involved in that part of somebody's life, you know, where you're like, oh my God, I've been waiting so long to hear them say that. And and to watch them actually do it because mm-hmm. people can say it time and time again where they're but like, their oh, I get it. I know, I know, yeah. I know. And you're like, but you're still with him, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. But to see them actually put in the energy that you feel like you were putting right. in more than them. Right. It's like so liberating and rewarding. And it's, it's great that you bring that up. Cause that is kind of what I was talking about our first episode when I was like, when you were like, we'll explain each other in three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, your journey is so cool to watch, right? Yeah. Because I was like, I see these struggles that you're going through. And I felt like I was trying to tell you these things, but you were not ready to hear it. No. And now that you've come, what, six, seven years after that, yeah. and you're like, I'm there, Brian. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, 
see i'm getting the chills thinking about <laughs> it like i could cry right now honestly because yeah. it's like such a beautiful journey to come into your full realized self and you're like you see, mm-hmm. you're meeting the potential that I knew you were at. Right. You just were getting in your own way. Yeah. And as a friend, that is like so beautiful to see. Yeah. And on like a complete opposite end, I have a really good friend mm-hmm. that I am going through that current journey with. Mm. Um, she was like my down bitch, right? Like yeah. one of those tribe members where you're like, no matter where you are in life, if you're with each other, it feels like home. Yeah. And I even said this to her. I was like, the person you are currently, I do know. I let me restart. The person you are currently, I no longer know, uh-huh. and I don't know where we've come to get on this path. But I can no longer walk this journey with you because it is too taxing for me mm-hmm. and our friendship. And I feel like if I keep going down this road, I will end up never wanting to go past where we're right. at right now. So I'm bowing out for now. If you need anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. I am always going to be here for you. But I need to show that you are not trying to do what I think you're trying to do because I really think you're self-sabotaging who you are and what you're trying to become in life based off of what you are telling me. And I don't think you're living in your truth and you keep making excuses for yourself. So right. at this moment, I'm bowing out mm-hmm. and I will re- we, we can reconvene once you are ready. Right. And she was not hearing it. Yeah. Like was going around to our other friends saying like I was being such a toxic person mm-hmm. being such a toxic friend and I projecting. was but completely projecting yeah. and I'm not saying that I'm like completely on at fault with that sure. because part of that message did not come out in like how I'm saying it now right it got a little heated but I think I was at the point of being like I'm fucking done yeah. right where I was like listen you little bitch you know like I was doing that brain right. thing where you're like you're being a little fucking cunt you better shut the fuck up yeah. but then within that same breath I was like I'm only cussing at you right now and I don't mean to as your friend but I feel like this is the only way I can get through to right. you and I think you are better than this and what you're doing is giving excuses I'm giving you a dose of what I would want as a friend and what I would want to hear in this moment mm-hmm. I was like I, you're probably not even hearing this and then I was like do you hear me and she's like yeah I hear you I'm a bad friend I'm a terrible person mm-hmm. I was like okay bitch yeah. we're done I was like we're done because you are not listening you know yeah. but even in like going around telling other people that's about the, that's you, the thing telling other telling close friends like Brian took advantage of the situation mm-hmm. he like cussed me out but that's blah, because blah. it almost like you get to a point of knowing that you're in the wrong but the only way for you to handle it is to put the weight on somebody else's yep. shoulders yep. until you're ready to recognize yep. it yep, yep, and yep, be yep. like I fucked up yeah and it's all about it's all about validation she wanted to be validated for what she was feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. and i was not the one to validate her for that because i was like no you're acting stupid but what she wanted to hear was you're right it's tough life is hard Mm -hmm. like you got that and i was but just that tough love kind of way because Uh i felt like when i was being that supportive person but still giving her you know a dose of reality i was like oh i said her name we're gonna have to bleep that out let's see where that's at (laughs) Um, so we're at one sixteen. Just so message. Oh, Remember timestamp one sixteen. Okay. Um, I was just like, girl, get it together. Yeah, you know, and like because previously was previously with conversation, I was like, well, is that what you want to do? You know, and I would I would be the voice of reason, like, well, are you sure it's not because of this? And then she had validations for herself, and I was like, okay, well, if that's what you think, you know, right. that's your story, that's your truth. Mm-hmm. You live into that. And it just turned out to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And everything that I said was going to happen unfolded. Uh-huh. The shit hit the fan. Exactly what I said. I was like, if you choose that path, I re- Oh, my God. I said her name again. 
116. You're so invested in I'm this. I'm so invested. Like, I don't even, we're, we're talking about gay culture, and I'm like, let's unload. <laughs> um, I better stop talking about but it. But that's kind of, that's, that's kind of human culture where we're raised with the ideas and the beliefs of somebody else. Totally. And we're taught to think the way that they think and to act upon, or to act and react to things the way that they do. And then suddenly you're an adult and you're, you're pushed into this world, this big fucking world that teaches you to question everything, you know, right. And, or that forces you rather to question everything, you know, um, and you can either be open to those yeah. challenges or, <laughs> or not. live ignorantly and, blissful and yeah. act like, you know what you know. Yeah. And it's, it's really difficult to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we all experience it so differently, mm-hmm. it feels so isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it often happens in times that we're like not ready. F- I mean, you're never really ready for that mm-hmm. big of change. Um, but but when it happens, it's like, it's just so overwhelming that you take it out on the people closest to you. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how I was going to tie that into gay culture. <laughs> I wasn't actually. That's just, I'm saying like as humans, mm-hmm. we we go through these, these life occurrences and, and we like to, we like to self project onto other people. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's all true. Like yeah. It's all true. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like when we're not being validated for who we are, it comes out in nasty ways. Uh-huh. And then you make your problem, other people's problems rather than really diving deep and being like, is this something that I hold true to myself? Right. Is this something that I really think is wrong about myself? Right. And if it's no, then let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's move past it. Let's dig it up. Right. That's what kind of what I wanted to say. Like right. it forces right, right. you to grow I, from I those moments. Yeah. That <laughs> Just give you a little extra help. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. It forces you to grow from those moments yeah. because you have to really self-reflect and be Absolutely. like, is this my way of thinking? Right. Or is this what I've been right. taught to think? Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about um, our journey as who we are as people, as gay people. Because I always, and I always say this, and I've said this, I think I've said this to you when I was like in my darkest time with my family's relationship, you know, like now I'm more at peace with it. But I was like, I'm so glad I went through that experience mm-hmm. and still go through that experience because it gives me an insight a different perspective of the world right. that has completely turned me into who I am today that I praise wholeheartedly. Totally. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because when you are pushed out of your own comfort zone, being your home where like, no matter what happens, you're still accepted for who you are. When you no longer have that safe space, you really have to figure out where the fuck is my safe space now. Mm-hmm. And through this journey of like, honestly, it's so morbid, but it's a gift to be kicked out of my family. And I really true be- truly believe that. That's not me being like blindly um, optimistic, but I really believe it deep down that like I was meant for this journey with my family of being like, I, I don't think I'm unloved, but that feeling of unloved because then it really makes me feel like I need to fall in love with myself because this is now who all I have at this point. Right. You know, and it it really made me uncover a lot of that nasty negative talk where I'm like, I, which I still have, but I still have that mindset of like, you know, the calls are coming from inside the house, mm-hmm. you know, like, is this really happening or is it just my mindset sabotaging me? And I think I have a, a pretty good handle on those thoughts, but yeah, like it's, it's so nice 
to be on the other end of it and understand where your thoughts are. Um, and I think both of us do a pretty good job at doing that. Clearly, there's mm-hmm. things that, like, little quirks about our personality yeah. or stuff like that where we're like, oh, we do that? Oh, mm-hmm. shit, I didn't know that, yeah. you know? Um, but it's nice to really understand who you are. And when you really get challenged and you get to have those opportunities to really look back and be like, fuck. And it's a little bit embarrassing because you don't want to be wrong as humans. You're like, uh-huh. yeah, because especially when you're so committed to, yes, this is me. That's why people who are called out as gay before they're ready to come out is so frustrating uh-huh. because you're so committed to committing to this idea of who you are mm-hmm. that when you're called out and be like, I know that you're gay, you're like, all this hard work was for nothing, right. you know? So that's where I know it's frustrating when like mm-hmm. someone calls you on your shit for things that you feel like you're selling. Yeah. It's hard to come back and be like, oh, shit, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to uncover that. But then when you actually take that vulnerable time to Mm -hmm. really do it and acknowledge where you are at fault or where you need to grow, it is the most beautiful thing Mm -hmm. to see you on the other side and be like, wow, you're killing it, Mm -hmm. right? Like you are killing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my favorite metaphors that I've ever heard is – I mean, I'm going to kind of sum it up because I don't know like verbatim what it, I don't know if it was a quote or not, but Mm -hmm. it's basically talking about how everybody takes an elevator up in life. Mm -hmm. And the point of that elevator is to, when you make it to the top, to send it back down for the other people below you. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. (gasps) <gasps> Ew, I got chills again. Wait, no, I love that, Shane. That no, is I awesome. And I, that the, is so beautiful. <laughs> well, the reason that I bring it up is because I feel like we're all we're all challenged individually, but right. um I think that there are Ew, I'm still stuck on that. Are, that is so I love that. I still I think that there are people in life who are handed heavier circumstances than others Absolutely. with reason. And like I think it's been harder for me for me as a friend to be there for you because you've been through things that I will never have to experience. Sure. But I think the reason that you were handed that heavier experience is because you are more equipped as an individual to not only send the elevator back down, but to be in the elevator when you reach the bottom. You're going to make for me that cry. Person. And I can only say that out of my experience with you as a friend. Ew, where you right now. <laughs> where... You you are one of those individuals that even though people sometimes hate to listen to what you tell them, sure. they know that they need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not ready in that moment, that that voice that you put in their head is something that they carry with them sure. and then grow from. Right. Or, or eventually reach a point where they're like, now it's time to, to listen to that voice sure, sure. and to talk back and to move on from it. I... Love you for bringing that up. Thank you so much for letting me know that. But fuck you for making me tear up a little bit. I'm not full-fledged crying. That's why you can't hear it in my voice. But some tears fall. That loud these motherfucking eyeballs, bitch. Ew. Thank you. Yeah. That means the world. What honestly. I, yeah. Because what that's what I mean. Like, I've experienced that. So it feels good to be on the other side and I'm still going through those journeys where I need of course. that elevator to pick me up. Right. Yeah. But it's nice to be like, girl, I got you. Right. Mm-hmm. We've, I've gone through something similar. I don't know your story exactly, mm-hmm. but I can relate in a, a humanistic sense and be like, I got you. Whatever it is, I'm here. Right. You know? 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, or I'm waiting at the top for totally. you. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But again, like that took me years. Yeah, of right? course. Like I'm sitting here saying this now after 11 years of pain mm-hmm. and struggle. But I was tired of being tired. Yeah. So I was like, let's do this work. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because at that point, it's like either die where I'm at or thrive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thrive is my only option, you yeah. know? Like, you don't know how strong you are until strength is your only yeah. option. Yeah. And strength for me was my only option. And mm-hmm. I was like, we got this. Well, and in your case and in so many others, I feel like in the gay community, what what happens is you lose the source of support that every single one person on this earth should be able to at rely least on. have and yeah. rely on. Yeah. And I think that's why I say you've had experiences I may never experience right. is because I've been fortunate enough to have the support of my sure. family. Um, and I think that that's important to recognize that when you say you've experienced pain, that's true human pain. And there are a lot of people who experience that and not only experience that, but experience it at such a young age or like you were 18 when you really experienced that, like disown, I mean, it was all within months, but the, the pivotal of Drawing the line in the sand was when I was 19, mm-hmm. for sure. Which we consider to be adults, but that is so young when you are finding yourself right. and needing the the very people who gave you life in the first right. place, you know? Especially when you're at that age, um, going forward in life, figuring out what and how you move through this world, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you need that guidance. And there was a lack of guidance, but luckily I'll give it to my parents that they instilled enough mm-hmm. strength and um, they gave you the tools you need. Exactly. And I'm forever grateful for my parents for that, even mm-hmm. though they are on their own journey with me and them. Um, I can acknowledge where they definitely pulled through and definitely. absolutely like they definitely gave me the tools to be like, you got this. Uh-huh. But I also think that with that said, that's why they don't check in as much uh-huh. because they're like, Brian has always He's got good. this. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't mm-hmm. need our, you know. Um, and I, and it's funny because I had this conversation with my dad and he said the same thing of like, Brian, I feel like when you need help, you rely, you are reluctant to ask for it because I think your friends assume you got it together mm-hmm. and they don't know when you're hurting. And sometimes you just need to explicitly say that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? As simple as that and silly that sounds, I'm like, I can... I, it makes all the sense in the world. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But Shane, thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. And that elevator thing, I'm still shook on that. Like that was, you know, those aha moments you have where like, it almost is like, wow, this mm-hmm. moment is going to change the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That's what that moment felt like. Mm-hmm. Where it's like everything I was like jumbled in my head of what I knew the direction. It's like, that's the path. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that feels that way, but for sure that elevator thing is like, that's the path. That's, mm-hmm. that's the direction we about to go, bitch. Yep. I love that. <laughs> Next stop penthouse. <laughs> also, what episode is this? Six. Um, six. Episode six. Okay. Everybody mark it. Episode six. I have voice recorded evidence that Brian <laughs> said, I love you. <laughs> It's happened about three times in no, our friendship. I, said, I love what you said. I nope. Say. You said, I love you for saying that. Yeah. yeah we're just I love that. you. We're just going to cut out the first saying. <laughs> He's like, beep, we're gonna beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I love you. Beep. Yeah. 
right after I bleep out these names I said because <laughs> I'm not trying to put everyone's business out there. Oh my god. Um, um, I think we should cut it there. I do too. Yeah, I think this is ending a good, on a good note. Yeah. I know we've come a long way, and sorry that this episode's so long, but hopefully you were like hanging in there with us because I think yeah. a lot of the stuff we were saying um, fits on a, a social scale, not yeah, just in I, a totally, gay scale. I think that's the thing. That's the beauty is like I feel like it is it goes beyond being gay, uh-huh. you know. And I think because of that, everyone can understand mm-hmm. where our viewpoints are coming from, which is great. Totally. Um, look at us, but like we killed it. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, making money moves. It's big, huh? <laughs> but I guess on that note, Shane looks like he's about to fall asleep on me. So Girl, I'm already asleep. I'm asleep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, um, you guys can catch us on our next episode of Fruit Snacks. Snacks. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank for listening. You. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.